Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what is up, Gamecock Nation? Let's take a moment. Let's allow ourselves to breathe. Take it all in because guess what? We made it. It is game week. Congratulations to everyone who has patiently waited for this moment. Chris, we have actual real-life football to talk about coming up this Saturday. Five days away. Honestly, at this point, the numbers don't even matter. Once, once you get under that beautiful number seven, and you can just say, it's game week, the numbers don't even matter anymore because we are. it is officially Eastern Illinois week for the South Carolina Gamecocks. How's it going, man? Hey, given that, you just got me pumped up all over again. I'm ready to go. A uh, little bit of a teaser preview from this past weekend. We had an entertaining, if nothing else, Nebraska-Illinois game. I don't know if you watched any of that, Wes. I watched almost all of it because I was starved for football. We even got the benefit of a little bit of a preview, an advanced preview of Eastern Illinois because they played a game against Indiana State this past weekend. So uh, we got to check those guys out. But Gamecock football is here again. Exciting times. Uh, I will be there at the game this weekend. So looking forward to – seeing a football game in person once again it's been a while and it's going to be a lot more normal which is going to be cool Wes I don't know if you've thought about this but last year leading up to the the weirdness that was the 2020 season we didn't know if we'd have football to cover and it was back and forth back and forth playing with our emotions there won't be a season there definitely will oops there might not be again it's going to look weird it ended up being weird it wasn't a lot of fun for a lot of people but we had it. We got through it, which was a huge blessing. That was awesome. Now, a little bit more of a regular season. Shane Beamer, Eric kickoff. No shortage of storylines. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Before we get any further, we got to tell you about our good buddy, our good friend. It is Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, our primary presenting sponsor, sponsor right here on GC Live. Uh, Clint helps make this show possible. Give Clint a shout. 803-771-6933. Or just go to ClintonHammond.com. You can get all the information you need right there. 71597 is the NMLS number. Or Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com is another way for you to contact Clint. Like we always tell you, we're not trying to force you to buy a house. But if you're in the market, just give Clint a chance to earn your business. Or maybe you've been thinking about refinancing, want to see what options you have. Clint will actually literally give you a chart that tells you, this is an option, this is an option, this is an option. This is how much you have to pay up front. This is how much money you're going to save per month. This is what your new monthly payment will be. He'll walk you through the entire process. Seamless, done deal. He'll save you some money. So if you're in that market, give Clint a shout. Chris, we're in the football market. You mentioned Eastern Illinois. I I did finally get the game pulled up on ESPN Plus Sunday night. Um Actually, before I went to bed, I pulled it up on the iPad, did a little homework. Um, 
did not have high expectations for this Eastern Illinois team. Um, that was probably confirmed based on my initial watching. I, I, Chris, not, not that there aren't probably some really good football players, some guys that are really good in high school. Like if you play at that level, you're, you're pretty solid. Right. But to me, my first just initial instinct was that it was pretty obvious, man, that they were playing at a level lower than FBS. Like it was obvious from the start that this is a bit smaller, probably a bit slower, um, just overall team than what South Carolina typically faces week in, week out in their conference. I thought that was like pretty obvious off the bat. Um, this, you know, this I was listening to to Pearson and, and Preston coming on at, at noon, and Preston was sort of doing his best Lou Holtz impersonation, not in the voice, but just in the you know. Uh, they they put on their pants legs one at a time, just like us, and um, you know th- that whole spiel. South Carolina should win this game Saturday. They should win it pretty handily. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's like you said. Um, you you've made the jo- not really even a joke. I mean, South Carolina. The only way they lose this game is to come out and turn the ball over seven times. Really, not a joke. Like <laughs> I've laughed at it when you said it, but that should be the bar that you're trying to to avoid, you know, going over is, is don't go out there and, and fool around and turn the ball over and make this an, an interesting game. And I, I had the same takeaway as you. When you watch this team, there are a couple of things. I mean, you look and, and you kind of look at the program. They played spring. They played their 2020 season actually in the spring of 21. Um, it didn't go well. It was a shortened season for them, but they, they didn't – you know, play very well then. Now, obviously, that was a different season technically, but the point is they didn't come into this year with a great, you know, great expectations. Um, so it was our first look at this team, um, and and some of our, I guess, suspicions I think were confirmed. And um, the the big thing that I took away was exactly what you said, Wes, and that was the difference in size. You know, I think um, – Looking at the lines of scrimmage, that was the first – that was where I, my eyes went, and it was immediately evident to me that on paper, South Carolina should be able to have its way here. And I go two different areas. Number one, we, we know South Carolina still has passing game, pass protection. There's some things they got to work through. But with the Gamecock offensive line, they should be able to really establish a solid running game, you know, with the blocking, the backs this, team's, this team has – and then defensively, with that defensive front, some of the talent, some of the depth that they got from what I saw in the game on Saturday, EIU, even against Indiana State, had some troubles, you know, establishing the run. They had some troubles in pass protection. That wouldn't bode very well for them against this game top team. So if you can if you can get EIU into those third and seven, third and eight situations, I think there's going to be a chance you know, to really establish some things there. It's, it's a smaller front on both sides, not SEC level size. And then you tack on West, you know, Otto Coons, the quarterback for EIU, a young guy. Uh, he, he started uh, last in the spring season. I think he started three games, but he's an inexperienced guy overall. Man, so I think you look and this – I'm sure we've talked about this. I know I've talked about this when I've gone gone on radio shows or, or other streaming shows, stuff like that. But I don't know how much we've maybe had a chance to dive into it here. This, in my opinion, is the perfect week one opponent for South Carolina. This is not the year when, um, you know, this is not the year that everyone wants to get excited about some marquee matchup or, or playing in Charlotte, or, you know, or playing a UNC, playing in NC State. And, um, it's really, Chris, it's kind of luck of the draw because these things are planned so far ahead of time. This easily could have been a year that South Carolina opened up with a legitimate opponent, with an opponent where either the talent levels are pretty similar or even where South Carolina is maybe out-talented. Just the fact that I think, Chris, you, we, we've looked at what the South Carolina offensive line did last year in the running game. We've talked all offseason about um, – the running backs and, and the depth in that room. Matter of fact, that might be one of the things I'm most intrigued, most excited to see on Saturday is just watching these backs go play in a real game and seeing what they can do. Um, 
against an opponent where they're going to sort of be able to outman them a little bit. But I, I think the the great thing for South Carolina in this game is that you're probably going to have an opportunity to work on some things and pretty much know if things go bad and things aren't working through the air. Thing just it, you sort of just get out of sync. I think they can go back and just lean on this offensive line in the running game, lean on these running backs, and just basically if it's it may not be pretty, but just go pound the football and go win the game still relatively handily, um, which gives you kind of an opportunity to where if you know you have that in your back pocket, you can go sort of work on some things. You even, frankly, can show some things. Maybe you you show some things to uh, to ECU, show some things to Georgia moving forward um, to where you're not going to empty out the playbook by any chance on Saturday, but you just give them a little glimpse of things to – to go uh, to go look at to go have to prepare for so it really from that standpoint probably could not have set up any better in my opinion for South Carolina with their week one opponent yeah exactly it's it's a chance to look everything this offseason uh, since Shane Beamer got to Columbia it's been very positive for the most part whether it's the fan base Wes, you've even pointed out that miraculously Shane Beamer has Gamecock Twitter pulling in the same direction um a lot of players who have had rough goes of it, whether it was just their state of mind because last season was really tough, really difficult on just about everybody for a variety of reasons, or players that maybe just needed a reset because they've been injured or they haven't played as much, their careers haven't gone as like they thought, the fan base. I mean, there's all sorts of different things. So since Shane Beamer's taken the helm, Things have been positive, not only just because it was a reset, but because of how he structured the program, how he's been forward-facing. We know that at some point this team's going to face adversity, and and they'll face adversity even on Saturday. Game one, there'll be some situations that they're going to have to overcome. It won't be as hard as a Georgia, a Clemson, a Florida. It won't be like playing those guys. But it is good that they can are going to have a, a chance, a much better chance, of carrying over that positivity into – They've worked hard, a lot of positivity, a lot of confidence kind of rebuilt. Now you get to go into game one and go out and play an opponent that you should beat. And as long as they take care of business on the field, it's a chance to build confidence into the rest of the season because from here it's only going to get tougher. And and I count week two against East Carolina as one of those. That's not going to be an easy game for this South Carolina team. Then you're going to go out and you're going to play Kentucky soon after that. You're going to play Georgia soon after that and then into the rest of the schedule, that's going to be quite difficult. So there's adversity coming. And so I think this week is, is a good, a very good opener. It sets up quite well to, to build some confidence. Yep. Um, there's been some more discussion about the game and, and where it is, how you can watch it. Uh, yes, it is streaming only. You don't have to have ESPN plus as long as you have sec network, uh, log in on your ESPN app and, uh, I see Gene is not happy that it's not on actual live TV. But, I mean, let, let's not pretend like things aren't much better than they used to be as far as being able to watch any game that exists in some way. You know, I, I remember there was a time this game would have either been not on television at all or on pay-per-view, and you would have been paying $30 um, to watch one game on an awful feed with announcers who had never called your team before, and um, it would look like a a feed from 1971 or something. So, you know, yeah, you have to stream it, but uh, I would encourage Eugene, just go get you a fire stick, bite the bullet, get that ESPN app. The app itself is free. If if you already have cable and you have SEC Network, you're good to go, man. I promise you. It's a it's a whole new world once you bite the bullet and go for the streaming side. Um, it's amazing what all is on there. So it, it really is better than it used to be, even if the game is streaming only. This is not a marquee matchup, y'all. This is not a matchup that ESPN was dying to get their, their hands on um, to, to show the world. But for South Carolina fans, it's a huge matchup. It's the debut of the Beamer era. It's a it's a it's new life. It's a new uh, new take on your program. There is excitement. There should be, and you know I, I thought that um, 
I thought Chris Pascal, who uh, from Goings Law Firm, one of our sponsors there on Gamecock Central, one of our big sponsors on Gamecock Central, had a really good take, uh, you know, that sort of put into words what I've been trying to say here on the show is there there is this excitement around the program right now, and, and I love it. And I, I think the fans, it's, as much as we sometimes um, give people a hard time and, and give Twitter people a hard time and stuff like that, the fan base, Chris, in my opinion, has done a really like nice job, I feel like, of sort of walking that nuanced line of being excited over something new and excited over a new approach and a new coach and new coordinators, um, while also sort of maintaining the fact that, yes, this is not a team that's going to go win 10 or 11 games this year. So that's kind of been interesting to see. And I I think, um, to me, there's just a lot of excitement about seeing some new players, seeing some new schemes, just seeing that there's going to, there's, you know, I think there's always that saying about a team gets most better from week one to week two. Like that's when they make the biggest jump. That's also when we're all going to learn the most, right? Because we're going from being relatively in the dark uh, about what exactly these schemes look like and how these guys are going to be used to actually finally seeing it uh, this Saturday night. Yeah, and there, there's a lot to see, right? Like, we are in the dark on a lot of things, whether it's uh, the pregame videos that are going to play in the stadium. They've teased that there's going to be some new stuff with that. Are there any changes to game day, uh, how, how those things are run, to just simply who's on the field at a, at a few certain spots? We, we know most of those, West, but, you know, a, a few different starting positions and questions, um, there are those the backups, how playing time split, what the offense looks like, the defensive scheme, uh, some guys that we just haven't put eyes on. Marshawn Lloyd's first carry, right? Uh, how do the quarterbacks play? Are any of the receivers making some plays against a, an opponent that they should make some plays against? You know, will, will Jordan Birch be able to cut loose, you know, as a pass rusher? Like, there are so many different little – uh, subplots and storylines on this team that are that are really fun and, and interesting. And so there's a lot of intrigue, you know, from that standpoint. So I'm definitely excited to see it. Shane Beamer mentioned that same line that you did, Wes, the other day. He, he threw out that cliche about getting better from, from week one to week two as well. And it is true. You know, it'll be a step up in competition. For now, Gamecocks need to go out and, and take care of business. But I think game one – the fact that this is a game that on paper, you know, South Carolina should be able to control, I think it, it lends even more of that conversation of these different little subplots going into the game. So, Chris, um, it's amazing we got to the 19-minute mark. Um, it's 219 without really diving into quarterback. And I would imagine, dude, that's that's got to be announced um, Tuesday, you would you would think. I know that's that's clearly when we we'll, we normally get a depth chart. Surely, you know, unless Beamer wants to do a throwback to Steve Spurrier and announce it on the call-in show, um, decent chance you get to find out who South Carolina's starting quarterback is going to be during the Tuesday press conference. That will be actually at one fifteen, I believe. So there's a little bit of tweak tweaking as far as what the different spots are this week as far as how a game week works. Um, Chris, I, I I think it's Deb Nolan. I, I think it's been trending that way for a while. Um, talked to some people. I was told Saturday, which was sort of the game day of this game week, um, sort of little trial that they did this past week. Uh, I can't remember exactly what they called it, but basically the mock game week, if you will and that Zeb Nolan was the first guy out there for that as well. We've consistently heard um, Zeb Nolan, first guy out there. I take those indicators to mean he's probably the first guy out there on Saturday as well. But until it's official, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, take the indicators for what they are, and, and generally pretty strong. You know, first guy out there. And in that situation that you mentioned, Wes, recent scrimmage, I think the weekend before, first guy out there. So you kind of just follow that. Just like in recruiting, follow the visits a little bit. You can do the same with the quarterback situation. And I think that leads to another question of, of if that holds and ends up being the case, 
again, this is Monday at 2.20 for anybody listening later. Maybe by then something's been announced or out there. You know, how many quarterbacks play? You know, and I think that's a tough question to answer. You know, number one, how is the starter playing? If it's Zeb Nolan, how, how is he playing? How productive has the offense been overall? What That's the entire picture. Basically, I, I take that I mean scoring points. You know, what is the how's the defense playing? So what's your margin in the game? Where are you at in the game? I think all that depends. I, I think South Carolina would love in this game if they could get to a point where they could play three quarterbacks. Is that feasible? Nobody knows right now. Because as coaches – you could make a plan even. Here's our ideal plan. If the score is this at this time, we'd love to play this guy. But you don't know if it's going to go that way. So uh, what what you hope is that it's not a, a fourth quarter game, for example, and, and you're scratching and clawing out there to score points. That's not what you want. So it, it just depends, I think, from that standpoint. But definitely on the same page with U.S. in terms of, of what we're hearing and the expectation about the quarterback situation as far as the starter. Yeah, and, you know – I think there's definitely going to be an opportunity for at least three guys to play. Uh, ultimately, if if the game plays out the way we think. Now, you know, we can talk big picture stuff that we're going to find out this weekend, Chris. I'm curious to start to see what do the rotations look like? Like, what is this staff's general approach to late game, second half, when you have a big lead? their approach to just regular rotations. Um, how does it maybe compare to what we've seen under Will Muschamp for five years? What um, What's their approach on fourth and two? What's their approach on fourth and one from the 35? One, you know, one thing I talked about with um, with uh, on the JB and Goldwater show, we were talking about Parker White. We've seen now for for like four years that Parker White inside 50 – is probably one of the most accurate kickers in South Carolina history. He is near automatic on a mid-range and shorter field goal, but farther than 50 is is not his forte. That's not his strength. It has not been anyway. I'm sure he's worked on that. But the number of times, and this is not like revisionist history, we talked about this many times during the Muschamp era, how many times he was put in that situation. Time after time again. So game management, you know, once you start getting past the schemes and, you know, different coordinators and approaches and all that stuff, what will Shane Beamer's game management style be? Will it be more aggressive? Will it be go for it on fourth down? Will it be Spurrier-esque? We don't know yet. And I'm excited to see that, but I'm also excited to see what do the rotations look like. Um, There were times – when South Carolina actually did have some opportunities to get their backups in the game late and did not do it. And, you know, I, I think in some cases, even just not not getting Michael Skarnekia in one more game in his career late when you had a big lead late in his career. Like, it, will, will there be a different approach to that part of the game? Um, it is very, very – like an underlying storyline, I should say, that I'm curious to find out. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, I was asked about that right before our show, Wes. I was on with with Pearson and Jay and Tommy on 107.5, the halftime show, and they asked a question Jay did very similar to that in that, you know, how do you kind of, if the game goes well, this, of course, is if the game's going well for South Carolina, how do you walk that line between getting your backups in, some younger guys that maybe haven't played as much, some guys that, frankly, you'll need to develop depth Versus given that this is a new staff, given that this is new schemes, sitting maybe some of your more experienced guys who, frankly, might still need some seasoning and need some actual on-field reps against an opponent that's not your own team in preseason camp. You know, how do you balance that? And so it's an interesting question. I think we can come up with some theories on how it should be handled, but what really matters is how is Shane Beamer going to handle that? So, I'm interested to see that. Interested to see is there is there a rotation on the offensive line, Wes? Whether it's for game one or just for the remainder of the season. Greg Adkins has talked about that a little bit. We might see a little bit more rotating than we have in the past. 
just in general. But will we see a lot of that? I don't know. Will we see um, more of a split with linebackers, you know, in this game, even when things are going well, right? You know, or even if they're not, you know, do we see some guys get a breather, get a blow a little bit faster? Because last season, obviously, the same couple or three linebackers generally went the distance, you know, barring injuries. So that's something to watch for. Wes, you mentioned the field goal situation. A couple points on that. Number one, I'm interested to see if there's a long field goal situation. Not only is Shane Beamer more inclined to go for it, but does he trot out Mitch Jeter? Because you remember back in the spring, there was a lot of talk about having Jeter be the long field goal kicker, um, sort of a specialty. So that's a question, I think. But you're right. I just pulled the stats. Parker White, really, Wes, his better seasons in terms of accuracy, his first three years, so 17, 18, 19, he was perfect. He's perfect for his career from 20 to 29. Uh, Last season, he missed – he was three of five from 30 to 39. He only missed one each of those years from that range. Last year, 8 of 10 from 40 to 49, which is a good rate. Career 50-plus. Let me make sure I'm tallying this up right. 1 of 10 from 50-plus in his career. So, totally agree with you. Will there be more situations where they go for it? Will we see maybe a long field goal kicker if, if that – if Shane Beamer feels like they need, you know, to kick it from that range, we'll see. But how many little storylines like that are there, you know, going into this season? I feel like there's a hundred of them. Yeah. And and how many, how many of those things will we see an answer on week one, but then by week five, you adjust and you scrap, you know, your approach. I, I think the, we, we got to remember this is a first year head coach. Like I'm sure there are going to be things that, Beamer and and one thing, I mean, obviously we talked about this quite a bit, man. This is one of the most organized people you'll ever be around. I'm sure he has an idea of what the answer is. He's probably played out scenarios um, for for God knows how long on what he would do in certain situations. But then once you're in it, once you see how your team responds to it, there are so many different variables that that go into things. I I tend to think, Chris. That uh, and it's just a gut feeling. I think if you're Beamer, first year expectations are low. Um, you're trying to keep the energy. You're trying to build confidence in your guys. I think you got to lean a little bit aggressive. Like if it's fourth and two, if if South Carolina comes out drive number one and they're at the 35 yard line and it's fourth and three, you're you're going for it, man. Like I, I think you've got to send that message. I, I think one of the to me, one of the biggest things that's maybe not talked about just uh, about the decisions under the previous uh, regime wasn't even just like the actual analytical side of it. That was discussed a ton. But just the mindset, just the message that it sends if you don't trust your guys to like be aggressive and stay on the field on, on fourth down and, and let your guys go go for it. So, I, you know, I, I think the Spurrier background there, Spurrier's approach was always to lean towards going for it. and. Um, that, that'll be fun to see, but I, I think especially against a lesser opponent where you have a great chance to probably convert a, a lot of those, I'm sending the message to the fans, to my team, um, to everybody involved in South Carolina athletics that we're going to go down swinging as opposed to go down passively. So um, obviously against maybe better opponents, it, it gets a little bit more interesting as far as those decisions. But if I'm Beamer in week one in the first game of my entire tenure – that's the message I want to send, Chris. Yeah, I think South Carolina would prefer to just not get in fourth and three. You know, against, but they're going to be in those situations. Yeah, you're, you're going to get in some. I mean, hey, if if they don't get into a, a fourth down situation all game, then we're going to have some you know interesting takeaways after game one. But you know, I, I agree with you, and and I've, I'm already kind of envisioning and picturing that fourth and three decision where, where Shane Beamer keeps the offense on the field, you can be a lot of cheering, you know, if that happens. So I, I can just see him doing that. It'll be very interesting to watch that. Um, if it's fourth and seven, fourth and eight, where's the ball? But I, with your scenario, that's a good prediction. If they're opponent side of the field, decently on their side of the field, and it's fourth and short, 
I, I would I would agree. I, I think I think that's something we could watch for this this Saturday. Yeah, Chad says I enjoy listening to you guys, but I'm ready to see and not just hear things. Go Cox! I'm with you 100, percent Chad. Um, we will have an opportunity to actually talk about seeing a game one week from now, and uh, and that would be awesome. Morgan, by the way, shout out to our buddy Morgan Morgan Brown. He came out to the Gamecock Central kickoff party. He hung out. He had a great time. And um, Morgan wants to know if we're tailgating on Saturday. And he wants to know where. We will be tailgating. Um, as for where, you got to find us, Morgan. We'll be out there somewhere. We'll be among the people. Maybe we'll see you. Maybe we'll see some some GC Live folks. And, um, yeah, we'll be out there, of course. We'll be there. Um, hopefully the rest of you will be as well. Chris, before we get any further, you want to tell everybody about our friends at Dead Soxy. Absolutely. Let's tell all the folks about Dead Soxy. I'm going to try to bring up our banner here for those guys. There you see it. DeadSoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. You can check out their college line, which is if you're on YouTube or one of our streams, top left, you see the spur line of socks as they bill it. Uh, different designs there. Just a few examples of what DeadSoxy.com can offer. They have men's and women's. They've got everything to dress from dress socks to athletics, no-show socks, um, buttery soft, super comfortable, and patented no-slip technology, so they stay on all day. 25% off of anything you order at DeadSoxy.com with the promo code COCKY. So after the show, after you finish listening, make sure you go to DeadSoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com and use the promo code COCKY to get 25% off. All right, so let's go to the comments and take some more of your questions here. Here's one, Wes. I'd like to get your take on this. I fielded a question about this earlier on the Insiders Forum. It was more of just kind of my preference. David Barnes on YouTube. Thanks for listening, David. Do y'all think we're going to see more traditional uniforms this year or going to keep doing random combos? Wes, here's my question to you. Will we see your yearly preview? I'm putting on the spot. Your yearly post. Oh, will we? I'm going to put you on the spot on that one. I hope so. I hope so, too. Enjoyable parts of the year. You mean the the unofficial official? The unofficial official uniform report, which is exclusively on the Insiders Forum every year. And then magically shows up on another forum about five minutes after I post it. I wasn't. Or on the Twitters. But I – I'm going to effort that. So I'm I'm going to I'm a positive guy, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm going to make it happen. And uh to answer his question, you know, Chris Beamer's got some he's got some traditionalist in him, I feel like. I think he's a guy that's new school. Like he he's a he's a new school coach. He really is. But Chris, this is a guy that um writes thank you notes. This is a guy that appreciates tradition. This is a guy who does have some old school, um, I don't know if values is the word, but maybe it is. I I think the Shane Beamer era kicks off with some old school garnet, with some spurrier. Um, I don't know if it'll be big game garnet. I don't know if it'll be just garnet tops, white helmets, white pants. But it, it it just seems like that would be a fitting tribute to Beamer's time at South Carolina before to go with the big game home garnet. What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I'm with you, and he has said that. But I will say, juxtaposed against that word of the day, is you have you remember Beamer on on social media with the him with the 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 old helmet or like the different helmet. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting twist. I could see him breaking out something different at some point. I do not envision South Carolina turning into Oregon. They're not going to have 37 different uniform combinations and start wearing chrome and all these types of things. I don't think you're going to see that. I don't have an, a, a prediction as far as the, the uniforms. I don't think we're going to see anything crazy new unless they break out a surprise. We'll try to keep you guys updated if we hear anything about that. I – what I do is I lean on the unofficial official uniform report. One of the best parts of the season. It's how I know the games are here. I'm counting on you. 
I'm counting on you to deliver it, Wes. So I hope I hope we see it. Well, I'm just going to throw a rumor out there for everybody, Chris. I'm I'm normally I don't do rumors, but I don't care. I'm going to throw it out there. I heard, and yes, uh, SC Scout side Scout guy says that Beamer said Justin King handed him that helmet to drive Twitter crazy. Well, yeah, probably so. But I don't think they just had that helmet sitting around for its beauty because not the prettiest helmet in the world, to be honest with you. But I I heard maybe long about the Vanderbilt game that just a rumor that that could be when they bust out a uh, a surprise throwback type uniform. Remember, Under Armour busted out the throwbacks. Um, that would have been two seasons ago, the throwback blacks that ended up actually being the the black uniform for South Carolina last year as well. Those were incredibly well done, I thought. Um, I'm not a fashion dude. I don't, you know, really major in that stuff. But those were very nice-looking jerseys, I, I thought. So may, maybe later in the year you're going to see a little bit of a throwback. I, just, just a rumor, just throwing it out there. What, what do you think of that, Chris? Yeah, no, we're definitely holding you to that now. Official report, not even unofficial, official, official report. Some kind of crazy uniform coming the weekend of the Vanderbilt game. I tweeted it out. There it is. Yeah. Start yeah. the rumor now. Post it everywhere. Start the rumor. It's posted everywhere. And everybody's going to be a number one pick because apparently that's another thing that we, we say. Something we say. Um, Chris, depth chart will come out tomorrow. Who is at the top of the depth chart at the running back position? And if there's an or tomorrow, then we shift the question forward. Who Who is on the video board Saturday night? Who is the running back starter when they announce it? Ooh, a tough question for a Monday because the, the – the- Rest of the week has not even progressed. I, but it's game week, man. We got we got to lock this thing down at some point and make our predictions. You're right. Hey, what what did the depth chart in the spring look like? Do we remember for running back? Chris, I don't remember what happened last week. I can't tell you what the spring game looked like, but or the spring, spring game, the spring depth chart. What was there? I, I assume there was. I assume there was. I'm gonna go back and look. When when next time you start talking, I'm I'm going to effort that because I I'm curious now. My really dumb prediction for the depth chart. I think we could see an or with all three guys, right? A Kevin's, a Quandre, and Marshawn or. I don't know if Shane Beamer will do that if that's his type of style. You know, some coaches do like 18 ors. You know, it's like they're just messing with people. Um, what have we got a quadruple or with Juju too? Yeah. I, as much as they like Juju and, and as, as good as he has a chance to be, I don't know if we'll get a quadruple. I, anyway, the, the point is I'm inclined to think actual video board, actual first carry. The guy who had some juice coming in was, was uh, Zaquandre White. I still feel like he could get denied. He's the guy that in the spring wasn't the other guy's fault that they were, you know, Marshawn was still recovering. Kevin was out. Not their fault. Juju wasn't on campus. But he he did a great job. He took it and ran with it. Uh, did a great job in the spring. Carried that over to Summers. Had a very good preseason. They're really happy with him. I could see him being guy number one. Um, I, So I, I guess if I had to give a prediction, that's what I would say. But – I mean, dude, at, at this point, I don't know. I agree 100%. I, th- I think it's a quandary. You know, I had heard a few weeks back he would be the starter if the season was then. Um, assuming everybody – we always have to say assuming everybody's healthy, assuming everybody nobody's banged up. I think, again, it goes back to messaging. The fact that the kid has apparently done everything right in the offseason and has led the group with energy and effort, not just in practice, but in the uh, the team-building stuff that they had in the offseason, the workouts, the everyday effort. 
matters. And I, I think that's the the message. Not, you know, not that anybody else in the room isn't, but I, I just think for him to stick around knowing that he was behind Kevin Harris coming in, knowing that Marshawn Lloyd uh, was going to be back and was going to sort of have an opportunity to push for the playing t- for playing time. Um, I think it's a good message to send that, hey, you, you can – if you stick it out, you can still be rewarded if you do everything the right way. So I'm with you. Great question here from Jeremy D. Um, leading rusher game one, White, Lloyd, Harris, Amos, or Amos, I should say. Sorry, Rashad. Oh, and um, let's throw Ju- Jeremy, throw Juju in there as well because there, and I'll tell you why. Juju McDowell has been very, very prone to breaking off long runs. So, could there be an opportunity here for Juju McDowell to rush nine times for 120 yards because he breaks off a a 75-yard touchdown run? Absolutely. This is a team that that, there's going to be an opportunity for that to happen. Um, To answer your question... I would probably say it's not going to be Amos. I would say it's not going to be Harris because I think even if he's cleared, there's no there's no reason to give him the ball 20 times. Um, I would say I would lean either Zaquandre or Marshawn um, yeah. to be the leading rusher. And really it's going to depend on there's probably going to be a lot of big holes. So who's lucky enough to be on the field when the right call hits against the right defense and there's a big hole for them to hit? And then who gets the most carries? Because I think all the guys will probably get 10, 12, 13. Probably a nice mix on Saturday, in my opinion. I'm, I'm going to go safe pick and say Z White for that. Um, I, I do think Juju – I could see Juju racking up some all-purpose yards, whether it's gets to carry the ball some, maybe a screen here and there, something like that, bust a big play. Obviously, Marshawn Lloyd has a lot of explosiveness as a player. And the, the interesting thing, Wes, here is you know, how how many carries are there on the offense in total? You know, how many snaps can they run? How are the carries divided? Who's on the field when, when the right call hits, but just in general. So a lot of factors there. So, um, I think we might have a better sense after game one of how they're going to look to divide carries. But again, some of it's going to be a little misleading potentially because of the opponent in week one. But I think you start at the point of if Saquandre White is in there first and gets carry one, then, you know, not that he's not that they're going to give him the ball 30 times in the game, but that's a pretty good starting point is if your first guy on the field. So that might actually be the safest pick. Yeah, and we, we saw that in the spring game. He actually was able to get into a rhythm, get the football quite a bit, and, and start to rack up some yardage. So we'll see. Brandon wants to know the favored primary uh, personnel grouping. You know, Brandon, I, I think you're going to see quite quite a bit of, like, multiple looks. But I, I do think two tight ends, I, I think you're probably going to see them do a lot of two running back stuff as well, or at least make that a part of their offense. I don't really know that that's a huge staple and, uh, you know, the, the LSU offense that uh, that they've talked about sort of modeling uh, with Joe Brady or or even the Oklahoma offense. But I think when you have a running back room as deep as this one, then you, you probably are going to have to try to find ways to get those guys on the field. So I, I think uh, I think you're going to see a little bit of everything. You're going to see some two tight end stuff where one of the tight ends is probably a Jaheim Bell or an EJ Jenkins, and they're split out wide. So is it, you know, it, depending on if like if you were looking down from a Goodyear blimp, it, it may look like it's three receivers, but from South Carolina's personnel standpoint, it's two tight ends on the field. But then, Chris, we've seen Bell line up in the backfield. We've seen him line up in the backfield at, as a tailback. We've seen him line up in the backfield as a like a fullback offset, like H-back type deal. That's a guy you can truly move around and, and put him at, at several different uh, ways. And then Juju McDowell, I don't think we're going to see him necessarily like truly in the slot. Chris is like a slot receiver, but are there some things you can do with some designed plays to get him the ball from other spots? Um, you know, absolutely. So I, I think we'll see a little bit of everything. Somebody asked how how vanilla we thought it would be. 
I think in some ways, yes, it, it will be pretty vanilla, but I, I think they'll, they will show enough for other teams to have to sort of prepare for it, I think. Yeah, and Shane Beamer even mentioned that because he said, look, we're not trying to hide the fact that, you know, to carry on Joiner, for example, 97%, I think, was the, was the percentage number that he gave of, of him playing wide receiver. But he said, we do have a package for to carry on at quarterback. And he didn't mind putting that out there so that people know, you know, whether it's something for fans to get excited about, something for media to watch for, and also something for opponents to say, okay, that's something that, you know, we might need to take a look and go prepare for. And so I think they will show some things. Are they going to empty the playbook? No, I, I don't think so. For several reasons. Number one, game one, you would think with a team that you are going to be on paper, you're going to be able to overmatch from a physical standpoint. You don't have to. And then number two, uh, you want to narrow some things down for this team, given that it is their first game, not playing itself, (laughs) you know, not the spring game, not preseason camp, brand new schemes. Uh, You you kind of, in some ways, you don't know what you're going to get with some of these guys or really all of them, even guys you feel great about based on their performance in preseason camp you still wonder, okay, how are they going to perform in game one, you know, when you actually throw them out there on the field, live game situation. So you narrow some things down from that standpoint, too, to to kind of take some of those questions, some of those concerns out. So I do think we'll see a, a narrowed down playbook in some regard. I don't think you're going to see a kitchen sink, you know, type approach. Yeah. Um, good grief. Hold on. I'm about to – Siri is trying to – send a message as I'm talking to y'all but yeah somebody asked about corners uh, especially if Cam Smith is not back yeah you're gonna see Darius Rush and Marcellus Dow Chris I think they took every single first team rep that we I know it's obviously not near every single first team rep that they've actually taken but every single one we were out there for it was Dow and Rush um, once Karan Prunty was uh, was no longer within the program so we'll see Uh, somebody asked about safety I mean, basically, you got three guys, R.J. Roderick, you got Jalen Foster, you got Tyrese Ross, all vying the three guys for two spots. Hard to say there. Um, but, yeah, the first, the first depth chart of the year tomorrow will uh, will be fun to see, and uh, we'll get a few answers, and we'll, we'll find out if, you know, if there are some oars or if this staff is more about just throwing it all out there and uh, and sort of making sure it's set in stone. Um Tomorrow, you will hear from Beamer. Wednesday, you will hear from Clayton White. And you will hear from Marcus Satterfield. So, a jam-packed week. And, Chris, are we are we officially daily? Are we are we daily? Is this GC Live daily again? I think we're making that jump. I was going to bring that up and, and get your updated thoughts on it. But I, I think, look, there could be some stuff come up from time to time. During the season, it can sometimes get crazy with different things going on. Scheduling-wise, something may pop up. I think we're good for it. I've certainly baked it into my calendar for each day, Wes, so hopefully the people will also uh, start start getting ready for that. But here's what, here's what we should do, Wes, to solve the problem. Hopefully you watch us on YouTube live. Now, I know not everybody can. You should definitely subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. And if you hit the little bell, that will subscribe you to our channel. It's free to subscribe to our channel you'll get a notification every time we go live. So win-win every day. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be daily from here on out for the most part. But if you make sure you're subscribed and you get your notification, uh, hit the little bell. That's the notifications for YouTube. You don't have to worry about it. You'll just know every time we're about to go live. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll aim for 2 o'clock. Yep. Now, I would think, Chris, Tuesdays – we probably can just go ahead and say we're going to be late some Tuesdays because the Beamer presser is at uh, one fifteen, so that one will probably be pushed back a little bit just because we'll be doing handling coverage for for the Beamer presser. But for the most part, we'll be two o'clock every single day. Um, Andrew Bell's asking about TV. Yes, ESPN app. Just uh, log in with your TV information, whatever your service provider is, and you'll be able to watch it on your ESPN app. Um, let's see. I think we had a couple other questions. Question of the tickets only digital this year. No, they are encouraging digital tickets, but they are not only digital tickets. 
Uh, starter at nickel. There's actually there's been some guys banged up at the nickelback spot, so I think as much as anything, that's going to depend on who is most healthy. Uh, David Spalding has worked a ton with the first team there. Uh, Carlin Splatel has worked in um, at, at nickel as well. Uh, I would imagine as long as they're healthy, it will be one of those two guys. Did you see any other questions, Chris, that we want to hit? Oops, I did it. Not a question, a comment based on the ticketing. Had a question on the Insiders Forum earlier days. The game sold out. As of this morning, it is not actually a decent amount of tickets left over. So if you don't have tickets, something to check out. Obviously, game one, a lot of excitement about it, but uh, not sold out as of yet. Um, how confident – here, I'll, I'll throw this one at you, Chris. How confident are you South Carolina can be 2-0 and before the Georgia game? You know, I, I think South Carolina wins game one. That, that's a fairly easy, quote-unquote, prediction to make. Week, week two, the, the second game against East Carolina is one that I still have a lot of questions about. And I think I need to digest a little bit more about the South Carolina team and this and the East Carolina team, the 2021 version. I need to see a little bit more before I can issue kind of a confidence level. Right off the bat, you know, is that a winnable game? Yeah, it's one of the more winnable games the East Carolina game is. One of the more winnable ones on the schedule, especially relative to some of the games that are coming down in the future for the Gamecocks. Uh, But it's still a game, you know, Mike Houston team is going to be really well coached. It's on the road. It's game two. You're still working out some kinks potentially. So that's the, the confidence level just right off the bat is not nearly as high as week one at home against Eastern Illinois. But I think it's a question we can better answer going into that game week, West. Once we've seen the Gamecocks, we've seen East Carolina, we can kind of assess where both these teams are at. Chris, I um, I, I want to throw – I know we, we mentioned him at the top of the show, but I just received some, some very good information for GC Live, and it's so good that I'm going to throw this guy another shout-out because um, his support has been above and beyond um, – really for the last seven, eight months here on the show, and he's supported us on Gamecock Central before. But our buddy Clint Hammond, Chris, has actually just informed me that um, even though his current deal with us does not run out until January, that um, he is going to officially be a long-term, long-term sponsor of GC Live. And that um, he's already ready to re-up for another year. So – Shout out to Clint. Again, I can't say it enough. Um, that is awesome for us. That is awesome for you guys because it helps uh, helps make the show go. And, uh, again, if you are in the market, please give Clint a chance to earn your business. The, the top mortgage broker in Columbia and uh, the top mortgage broker in our hearts, Chris, because Clint is the man. ClintHammond.com. Just, just found that out literally as we were – talking here so i want to show show clint some love and throw him another shout out let's see man we got six minutes left what what uh is is beamer gonna tell us anything tomorrow (laughs) new is there any is there anything we're gonna learn tomorrow or is talking season other than the possibility of finding out the quarterback i see people keep asking when you know when will we find out my get my guess for a while i you know i was told last week by someone who should know, hey, don't expect – I was being told this last week, don't expect anything this week. Um, maybe early next week was sort of the indicator I was I was given. I was just told, by the way, that um, the team has not been told. Like as of, as of like early this afternoon, the team has not been told. So this is not something where it's like being kept secret. They don't know yet either. So may, maybe tomorrow, Chris, or, or maybe they, they wait until um, thir- Thursday call-in show. Is there a chance this goes to game day? I kind of I doubt that. Well, I think just when you look at based on what Shane Beamer said, I can't remember the exact phrasing because he discussed it. He said a few different things recently when he was talking about the quarterback kind of timeline for an announcement. And, you know, he, he mentioned Tuesday as being a key day by Tuesday. And so I would think, Wes, if the decision's made, if it's done, the chances of him announcing it at the press are tomorrow are pretty high. So 
if I had to guess and take a stab at it right now here on Monday at 2.55 p.m., I'd say we find out something on the quarterback battle tomorrow. However, keep in mind, we're going to track that one during our show. Wes has been getting information left and right during the show from Clint. Thank you, Clint. Or or on other fronts. Uh, and then after the show, we'll be tracking it too. So we'll have the latest on GamecockCentral.com on the Insiders Forum, and we'll continue tracking it. So something could certainly change. But I think, Wes, if I'm if I'm inclined to take a guess, I think – We'll probably find out something on that front tomorrow. Maybe aside from that, maybe some updates on injured guys. What's Kevin Harris look like? What's Cam Smith look like? Maybe not a final word, but just kind of a little bit more on where both those guys stand and, and some other players as well. Yeah, I, I think tomorrow, and I think it's Zeb Nolan. I'll, I'll go ahead and just put that on record. I, I think that's what happens. Um, oh, I want to share this comment. John Sampson. The uh, father of Landon Sampson saying uh, shout out to Gamecock fan base for their overwhelming support of Landon after Thursday's ESPN game. Um, for those who didn't watch, Landon had probably one of the best halves to start a year you could ever have, uh, going over 100 yards in the first half, two touchdowns, two long touchdowns actually, um, one where he took a short pass and made a guy miss and took it to the house, one on a uh, sort of deep uh, – Post play, I think that was from about 40, 41 yards or so. And um, just had a great day, man, and against a, a really good team as well. And uh, I think uh, – and uh, if uh, if Mr. Sampson is still on here, maybe he can correct me or confirm for me. I think this is the week that uh, – I know Peyton Williams, the South Carolina commitment, and Landon's team are going to play each other at some point as well. I think that might be this week. So that that's pretty cool. You'd have to go deep into the Tommy Moody um, vault to find two South Carolina commitments playing each other in Texas high schools. Um, so that that's a pretty that's actually a pretty cool little um, little nugget there that uh, those two guys are going to play each other. And I, I actually I wish I wish that was the same week as the Texas A and M game because. There, there would maybe be an opportunity for me to get out there and watch them both at the same time. But um, Landon had a great day. We've, we've talked up, we've talked up Landon Sampson quite a bit here. So it was really, I would say, a confirmation of, of some things we we sort of thought already. But, but man, really, really nice night for Landon. It was, man, and you know, I think he really showed what he can do. Advanced route runner, catches the ball with his hands. You know, you, you talk about scouting term hand catcher doesn't trap the ball catches it with his hands can make people miss can run routes a variety of different routes so really good get for the Gamecocks very interested to watch you know the rest of his season and plays for obviously a a really good high school but individually excellent player as well really good get for South Carolina I think everybody around Gamecock Nation really happy that he decided to commit to South Carolina and I think someone, West is being eyed to play a good bit early in year one as soon as he gets to Columbia. And, uh, man, Landon is a guy that actually – there's a picture, and I don't know if it's floating around online yet, but I, I need to try to pull it back up and post it. There's a picture of him where he's jumping at a goalpost. You know, a lot of guys dunk on the goalpost, and uh, it's supposed to be somewhat impressive. But there is a picture of Landon with his head at the level of the crossbar on the goalpost. So, dude is is definitely a great athlete. And it was fun to see how many people in Gamecock Twitter uh, – you had – you know, obviously they couldn't call him by name, but Justin Stepp, uh, Taylor Edwards, all those guys were clearly tweeting about Landon Sampson, about watching the game, even though they can't say his name by, by NCAA rules. So, it was kind of cool to see so much of the fan base and the coaching staff uh, all sort of watching that game together um let's see chris turnberg had a good question there it is how many games will we have to play before we will know what we really have on the field excellent question chris because i think sometimes we and i say like the collective we watch a very small sample size and all of a sudden we think we've got a team figured out and then we realize i mean even last year man South Carolina started out, um, what, 0-2 and, 
and everybody is in the hole, you know, this team is awful, blah, blah, blah. And then they go to Vandy. Not, I mean, beating Vandy is never something you're going to get overly excited about. But beat Vandy, then beat Auburn. And all of a sudden you won a couple of games in a row. And there's a little bit of excitement back. And then the roller coaster starts doing this. Then the roller coaster, you know, every season is an up and down roller coaster. And you're never quite as bad as you think you are. You're never quite as good as you think you are. You're always um, you're always vulnerable to having a bad game. You're always uh, there's always possibility you play a team that has a bad game, and sometimes the individual matchups are going to determine the game as opposed to how good you are as an overall team. But to try to answer Chris's question, I I think Chris Clark that South Carolina will be two and one after three games. Georgia is going to be a huge favorite. It's going to be a very tough game to win at Georgia. The fourth game is Kentucky at home. I think that's the game where we start to figure out where this season is going because that's a, Kentucky will be favored, but probably not by a lot in Columbia, honestly. Kentucky was South Carolina's sort of season completely over last year. Kentucky hammered South Carolina. Um, in Lexington. So, so Kentucky will be favored, but I think that's the sort of swing game that starts to answer that question you're talking about. What type of season is this going to be? What type of team does South Carolina really have? Are they a bit underrated? Is the national media sort of right on right on point with it? Uh, I, I think that's by far the biggest game of the early season. Yeah, and I, I take kind of a holistic approach to it, Wes. I think, you know, we're not going to learn a lot by, about this team after week one, assuming they, you know, take care of business. Not going to learn a ton. I think we start to learn more against East Carolina because we're sitting here questioning, you know, nobody's chalking that up as a win, you know, in week two, or at least I'm not. Maybe some other people are. A should win, yeah, that's fair. But a, a definite win, not at this stage. So, I think we'll know more then. You're not going to measure this team just from an individual zoom-in standpoint with how it fares against Georgia, how it fares against Clemson. That's not a great barometer. What you want in those games, I mean, obviously you want to win them. But when, when we're talking about on paper, kind of the expectations, you shouldn't say, well, sh- well Shane Beamer should come in year one uh, with this team, and, and he should probably beat Georgia and Clemson. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Nobody would make that statement. Um, do you want to be competitive in those games? Sure. Um, I think you look at more of the matchups against, can you go handle East Carolina? Can you can you beat Eastern Illinois handily? Can you beat Troy pretty handily? Um, how do you stack up, Wes, I think, against Kentucky, Missouri? I think that's much more of your barometer for this team. And then aside from that, how competitive can you be in some of those other games? Can you go beat Tennessee? taking a holistic approach because I think there's going to be some ebbs and flows to this season based on the schedule and based on this team kind of figuring itself out. Um, SC scout guy wants to know why the rivals forecast says hundred percent for Nebraska. If he's committed to South Carolina, those are all old predictions. Once a guy commits, you can't change your predictions. And um, I sort of, you know, I think Chris, you know, I sort of have a similar policy that especially if I know a guy's going to South Carolina for sure, um, and you know, it's a situation where you don't, you're not going to ruin a kid's announcement. Um, there are certain times when I've made predictions on guys, but if I'm sort of being told, Hey, he's going to South Carolina, um, you know, by a kid or by the family, I don't put in that prediction like right before a commitment. So, um, at one point he was a Nebraska lean. Once he got the South Carolina offer, he pretty quickly became a South Carolina lean. Uh, Mark wants to know where we went to high school. I went to York Comprehensive High School. Chris went to T.L. Hanna. And um, let's see. I think we're out of time, man. We, we, we've we got a full week to get to get to all this stuff. So we'll be back. There's still, there's still actually quite a bit of you on here. But we'll be back tomorrow. It'll probably be a little bit after two. And later on this week, I'm going to give them, Chris, the Gamecock Russ stat of the week. Here we go. It's just shout out to our boy Gamecock Russ. 
It's not the same. We need to find a way to get him back on here. Live. Yes, we do. Hey, appreciate y'all. Appreciate everybody for watching, listening, however you consume the show. We appreciate you. Again, appreciate our buddy Clint Hammond. Appreciate Dead Soxie. And uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Maybe we find out next time you hear from us. Maybe we're talking about a quarterback decision. Hopefully, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.